Welcome to this month's special programming series, Focus on Cancer, on ReachMD XM157. Multiple myeloma has changed from a, a terminal disease to a chronic, often manageable illness. How has this happened, and what's the role of the International Myeloma Foundation? How can you and your patients benefit from this? You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focusing on cancer. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Brian Dury, an attending physician in hematology at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Dr. Dury's clinical expertise is in multiple myeloma. He is the senior advisor for hematologic malignancies and the national program director for multiple myeloma and related disorders for APDM Oncology. His many years of research have earned him a place in who's who in America, as well as the best doctors in America. Today, we're discussing really the changing face of multiple myeloma and the important work of the International Myeloma Foundation. Dr. Dury, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. Okay, so first of all, for those of us who don't work with it every day, uh, just tell us a little bit of background of multiple myeloma and how it's typically diagnosed. Well, multiple myeloma is the cancer of the plasma cell in, in the bone marrow. And the classic way that we think about myeloma is something that can cause pain in the bones so that low back pain, which may be associated with anemia and in the old days was associated with a high uh, sedimentation rate. But the, the important thing now is that it can present much sooner and at least a third of patients present when they go in for a regular checkup and are discovered to have myeloma when the doctor follows up on some potentially minor changes, a little bit of anemia, an elevated protein in the blood or urine, or maybe some puzzling back pain. Now, Dr. Bence Jones first described the pathology as being made up of soft and fragile bones. What more have we learned about the disease and who gets it or who gets it today? Well, I think that the soft and fragile bones are certainly the hallmark of this disease. And we've realized that the plasma cell is the cell which triggers that particular destruction of the bones. And it's the hallmark of the disease and it's the hallmark of this plasma cell, which is the cell that we need to eradicate if we, if we want to treat this disease. And so we haven't really changed the perspective that bone disease is the center of, of what we're focused on. And we know that that's what we have to prevent either directly by eradicating the myeloma cell or using some type of therapy to promote bone healing. Now, typically, how is it diagnosed? How is it picked up on? Well, it's picked up on when it's discovered that there is an abnormal protein in the, in the blood or the urine. And so, as I mentioned, if the protein level is increased on the standard chemistry panel, the next test to do is a serum protein electrophoresis, and what we call an SPEP. And on that, you find a monoclonal protein, which can then be characterized based on immunoelectrophoresis, uh, IEP. Likewise, in the urine, if there's an elevated protein in the urine, you need to have a 24-hour urine collection and then do a UPEP, a urine protein electrophoresis, to identify the Benz-Jones light chains in the urine. Isn't the presence of the Benz-Jones protein in the urine actually pathognomonic for multiple myeloma? It really is, although the traditional test, Dr. Benz-Jones had this test where he heated and cooled the urine and, and there was a precipitate which formed and then redissolved. And that actually is not pathognomonic of a monoclonal protein. That can happen with other kinds of protein as well. And so these days, we don't use that old Ben Jones test. We need the UPEP in the urine, the urine protein electrophoresis, to see if the light chains are 
monoclonal. So tell us a little bit about the International Myeloma Foundation. How was it started and what was your role in that? Well, the International Myeloma Foundation is a nonprofit foundation based in California, which came into existence about 18 years ago. The foundation is dedicated to improving the quality of life for myeloma patients while working towards prevention and a cure. It came to life when I was working at the University of London, and a patient at that time by the name of Brian Novus came to the, to the university to see me. I would see patients in consultation there, and he came to have a stem cell harvest for, for a bone marrow transplant. Which is what they were doing at that time, right? Exactly. And so, obviously, he had traveled all the way from Los Angeles, where he lived, uh, to see me, and so you could see that he was searching to find the best in, in the treatment, and so he had his harvest uh, done, but he was most concerned to improve what he saw as a major gap. He, he couldn't find information about myeloma. What was myeloma? What was the best treatment? And so he was committed to create something that would be a source of information for patients with myeloma and also to, to improve information overall for doctors because he discovered talking to doctors that many of them were not fully aware of myeloma uh, and what to do about it. So he and his wife were driven because of the paucity of knowledge and research in the work at, at, at that time? Particularly Brian. I met with him after he'd had his harvest done and before he headed back to the States, and we discussed, well, what could we do? And in that discussion, we decided that we needed to form a non-profit foundation. And so the decision to create the International Myeloma Foundation occurred in a coffee shop in London, close to the University of London. Westminster Hospital. And Brian, I understand, passed on and his wife continued his work? Well, this was a really tragic story. I think that Brian responded to treatment, but ultimately relapsed and died of the disease. At that time, we just had the standard therapies, the transplant options, and so he had very, very aggressive disease and ultimately died about three years later, but was able to help get things started, so to speak. And when he died, Susie, his wife, had a terrible, terrible choice to make. Would she try to maintain what had been started or or not? And she made the very brave decision to carry on. And that was how the, the IMF was able to continue and survive 18 years later. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment focusing on cancer on ReachMDXM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, and I'm speaking with Dr. Brian Dury, and we're discussing the role of the International Myeloma Foundation in changing the course of multiple myeloma. So tell us, Dr. Dury, who is on the board of the IMF today, and how does it function? The IMF has a diverse board, including physicians and myeloma specialists, business people, lawyers, a diversity from the business world, and also patients, so that we want a broad input to help guide us in our mission, uh, which includes both fundraising. We need to be able to raise the funds for our activities. We need also diversity so that we're serving minority populations, uh, the underserved. So we need to have broad guidance, both related to providing the best information and also conducting the most appropriate research. So tell us about some of the accomplishments of the IMF. What have they done for multiple myeloma that could not have been done before? And you said 18 years? Well, we are particularly proud of the 
awareness of the disease, that no, it's not a hidden disease, it's not such a fearful disease. Rapidly as patients learn about the IMF and read the information or hear about the information that we provide, they realize that this is a treatable disease, that we have new drugs, we don't just have the old chemotherapy, we have Revlimid, Velcate, Thalidomide, new biologic therapies that can produce remissions and give them potentially a very long life and a life which can be lived, allowing them to continue to work and enjoy their families. So the treatment of multiple myeloma has changed and we're now using non-conventional chemotherapies. What role does the IMF play in facilitating that change? Well, I think that obviously we educate the patients so that they are aware of the details of the disease, and this is a tremendous uh, comfort. But we also educate them about where are centers of excellence, where can they get a high-level opinion if, if things are complicated or there are questions about therapy. And we also provide information for physicians. If physicians go to our website at myeloma.org, we have all of the up-to-date guidelines. We have guidelines about myeloma management, the best diagnostic tests, information about procedures, kyphoplasty, where are new drug trials occurring. We have listings of where the new drugs are being tested so that we try to provide the best up-to-date information for both patients and physicians to, to get them through the best management of this disease. So am I right in thinking that if the diagnosis is made, you're referred to a hematologist, your path is kind of laying out, and then you may be returned to the primary care provider for follow-up in between times? Yes. I think that in general, a patient will receive ongoing treatment for the myeloma from a hematologist-oncologist. However, I strongly encourage that the patient continue to see a primary care physician. One of the interesting and extremely important aspects of myeloma is that patients are living longer and so that they need to manage their blood pressure, they need to manage their diabetes, they need to manage and closely regulate other issues which may emerge. And so I have several patients who've been in remission for 10, 15 years and have even had second cancers diagnosed and dealt with, but they've had heart attacks dealt with, they've had a number of issues dealt with, so that it's important for the primary physician to be very much informed, the hematologist-oncologist to be dealing with the myeloma, and that hematologist-oncologist must not be hesitant to get external second opinions if necessary to get the latest information which can be brought back to that local environment to to give to the patient. So he or she may be referring to another hematologist or a research center for more aggressive disease, perhaps that's not responding as it could. Exactly. And frequently the advice can be given and the treatment can be administered locally. So it's important to get that advice. Sometimes the patient may need to stay at a center for some time to get the treatment started if if it's a completely new drug. But it's important to be comfortable with that so that the patient is getting the best that the whole myeloma community across the U.S. has to offer at this time. What is the IMF's Bank on a Cure program? Tell us about that. This is a a DNA bank where we have for several years now been studying the the DNA of patients with myeloma. They have been consented and, and been actually very, very keen to participate in this project such that we can study What is the pattern of DNA in patients who get myeloma versus people who don't get myeloma? Also, what is the pattern of DNA in patients who respond well to treatment or maybe have side effects from treatment 
patients who have a very aggressive disease. So we can help identify and characterize the pattern of the myeloma and possibly fine-tune the treatment based upon the, the results of our findings. What does the IMF do to reach out to patients with multiple myeloma? Well, let me just emphasize the website, which is at myeloma.org. All kinds of information is available electronically. A patient can go to the website and download that concise review, which is a summary of, of myeloma, the patient handbook, all kinds of booklets about individual drugs so that we have about 100 publications which can be downloaded. Dr. Dury, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been my pleasure. We've been discussing the work of the Multiple Myeloma Foundation, which addresses the needs of patients and practitioners treating multiple myeloma. I am Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to a special segment focusing on cancer on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. To comment or listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Register with the promo code RADIO and receive six months free streaming for your home or office. Thank you, as always, for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, as we feature a special series, Focus on Cancer.